Father, it's you who declares your will for the earth. It's your word, Father, who lays it out for us to read and to understand that it's your will and desire that we live in divine health all the days of our life, Father. So, Lord, we thank you for that. Father, we give you all honor and praise for these things. We thank you for the gift of the Lord Jesus and the Word of God and the Spirit of God. We, we thank you, Father, that it's your perfect and divine will for us to live free from sickness and disease all the days of our life. So, Father, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? Yes, amen. He's good all the time. Amen. And... Um, Welcome to Healing School. Jared and I were looking at uh, some of the statistics from um, our online on the website. We can uh, see how many folks are subscribing. Uh, you can subscribe to um, our podcasts. We put all of our services on podcasts, so you can subscribe to them um, on your phone, or uh, most people do it on their phones there. And the nice thing about the podcast is when a, when a service is available, it shows up immediately on your phone. And so you can listen to it there, but uh, uh, according to the website, we've got, at one point, we had 10,000 subscribers to, to, the, uh, uh, to the podcast, so we, would, we invite all 10,000 of you to come out and visit us, you know, on a Sunday all at the same time. That'd be great, and, um, uh, but I'll, I'll tell you this, if, uh, uh, of course, we say this often uh, in this particular service, that it's God's will every single time without exception to heal your body. Uh, and that is indisputable from the Word of God. You cannot find anywhere in the Word where sometimes it's God's will to heal and sometimes it's God's will to, to allow you to remain sick, or even worse, that sometimes it's God's will to put sickness upon you. Uh, it's always God's will every single time without exception for you to be healed uh, and to remain healed. Uh, and uh, if you would listen to the podcast on a regular basis as diligently uh, as uh, the doctor prescribes some medication sometimes, then... Um, uh, it's guaranteed if you will apply what we teach, right? So it's not just listening to and getting a check mark, but if you apply what we teach, uh, guaranteed that you can live a life of divine health. Amen. Uh, and that's not that's not a controversial statement, although uh, some people uh, think that's a controversial statement, uh, but it's not controversial at all. Uh, in fact, uh, simple faith is really just that. It's just simple. It's not it's not uh, fanatical. It's not extreme. It's very simple. Jesus said that uh, by His stripes you were healed. So simple faith says, well, then, okay, then by his stripes, I'm healed. Now, that's pretty simple, amen? That's not extreme. It's not controversial. It's not difficult to understand. It's just simply what the Word of God says. And, um, and the conflict that oftentimes people run into is when they compare either their life or the lives of folks around them that they know, well, you know, so-and-so, uh, they were sick and they didn't get healed. And maybe they were a saint of God. Maybe they were a good person. Maybe they were a person who attended church all the time. Uh, and, uh, and, and yet they weren't healed. Maybe they died of sickness. Uh, and the struggle we have sometimes is well, how do we reconcile with what we observe with what the Word of God says? Well, that's really easy, but you don't have to do that uh, because, first of all, you'd have to know what's in somebody's heart. You'd have to know, do, are they believing for healing? Have they, do they have faith for healing? Uh, sometimes, especially as folks deal with long-term sicknesses, uh, that the... the uh, uh, of course, we don't have to deal with long-term sicknesses, but oftentimes people do. But sometimes the weariness of dealing with that sickness uh, overwhelms people, and they would just rather go home to be with the Lord. Uh, and in that case, there's nothing you can do about it. They're, they're going to go home to be with the Lord. And so, um, uh, so really you need to leave that alone because uh, for you to say that God doesn't heal because this person didn't get healed, then you're judging the Lord. Or... Uh, sometimes we'll look at it and say, well, this person didn't get healed because they didn't have faith. Now you're judging that person. So I, I, I'm not a judge on the earth. I don't judge the Lord. I don't judge people. And so I just go with what the Word says. And that makes it really easy because if the Word says, by His stripes you were healed, then that's all I need to know. Amen? Uh, and for me to judge the Word of God by the experiences that someone has is really a, a terrible way to develop faith. Faith doesn't come by observing people's lives. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so uh, really you should spend the majority of your time when you're, when you're uh, meditating on healing and thinking about is healing for me. Uh, the, the primary source of, of that that will, will inform you the answer is the Word of God only. You should not use the experiences of other or even yourself 
uh, to inform whether or not it's God's will to heal you. Uh, uh, because oftentimes I hear people that struggle with uh, chronic sickness and disease, and I, and I listen to their confession, and I listen to their faith, and I'm not, I don't tell them, I don't argue with them, I don't, I don't correct them, but it's clear that their faith is not in the, to be healed. It's, well, I'm trying to get healed, but I'm, uh, God's not healed me yet. Well, God healed you 2,000 years ago. It's not that he hasn't healed you yet. He healed you 2,000 years ago. And if you don't believe that, then you're always pushing your healing out into the future. And faith is now. Faith is not in the future. Faith is God has healed me. And if you remember Mark 11, 24, it says, What things serve you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. Or really, that the literal sense of that says, believe that you have received them. In the past tense, that they already belong to you. Then you'll have them. Amen. Uh, and so that's the order of events, that you must believe that you have received your healing now uh, and not hope that, he, that you've received it, not wish that you'd receive it, not uh, it would be nice if you had it, but you have to believe that it's just as real to you, that healing is just as, as real to you now as when all the sickness leaves your body. Uh, and until you get to that point, you will struggle in, in your faith because that's, what, that's really, that method of Mark eleven twenty four 24 is, is the prescription. In fact, Jared, if you'll bring that verse up there on the, on the screen there. Uh, Mark eleven twenty four is really the basis of all uh, prayers of faith, right? The prayer of faith specifically is a request to obtain a blessing from the Lord uh, and whatever that is, right? It could be financial blessing. It could be a blessing for a new job or a new home or a new car or whatever the thing is that you have need of. Then that's the prescription. That's the method that the Lord gave to us to obtain that. Amen. There are, there are lots of different types of prayer. Uh, prayer is mentioned in the word of God uh, prayer of faith is only one of many. Prayer of faith is, is used to pray that I have a need and I need the Lord to provide this need. And so how do I pray for that need to be met? Well, that, then we're going to use the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is specifically, I believe that this occurs and then I'll have what it is that I have need of. Uh, and so, and, and there's, a, there's other things to be aware of that because people say, well, then, uh, you know, I've heard people say things like, well, then I'm going to, uh, uh, well, then God's, or they'll say something like, well, I want God to give me a billion dollars. In that way, you know, I just have all my needs met. Well, that'd be nice, right? But the thing about that is, uh, they'll say, well, can you believe God for a billion dollars to give it to you? Well, the, the key is that I've got to believe that I receive it. I don't want to just say, well, then God give me a billion dollars and, and, and expect to get it, because they don't really believe that God's going to give them a billion dollars, amen? Uh, and so they'll, they'll use some um, hypothetical statement in order to try to, to show that God's not going to answer their prayer, but they don't have any faith that God's really going to give them a billion dollars. So uh, it's, it's just a, a, a prayer or a statement, a hypothetical statement used to try to do away with faith entirely. And so uh, the, uh, faith is not hard. It's not difficult. Uh, you, you search the word of God, see what it says, and believe that. That's really all faith is. It's not, it's not hard to obtain, right? And, and people struggle with specifically in healing and that's why we have a class just on healing. Uh, and so I'd encourage you, all the folks that have listened to uh, these classes on podcasts, or sometimes they'll watch them, and you can go to our website on, um, on Facebook. You can watch all the videos. You can go to our website, and it has instructions to watch the videos, both on Vimeo, which you don't have an account. You don't have to have an account on Facebook to do that. Uh, you can watch them on Vimeo. You can watch them on Facebook. Uh, and I would encourage you, especially if you're dealing with sickness and disease of any kind in your life, especially if it's chronic, uh, listen to these podcasts and, listen, and watch these videos on a regular basis. Uh, because really uh, what I would encourage you to do is, is uh, if you have not had success in obtaining your healing, don't even say anything about it for a while. Uh, watch the podcast, listen to the, uh, watch the videos, listen to the podcast. Do it for a season until your faith is built up and then you, then you attack the sickness and disease by faith. Because many times people just throw out the name of Jesus and they kind of hope it works, but don't really have the faith for it to work. And then their faith is defeated because they don't see the answers arising, arriving immediately. And so they, they struggle then with, well, then it may, maybe it doesn't work for me. Uh, but it works for everybody. There's nobody that it doesn't work for. Amen. It, uh, and it doesn't matter your background and your history or, or whether you were the cause or not the cause of the sickness and disease. Uh, it doesn't matter. Amen. Now, if you were the cause of the sickness and disease based on whatever things you're doing, you know, I, I remember um, uh, my pastor, uh, when I was with him for many years, uh, I was helping him one day 
uh, at, um, at his house building a, um, something for his kids. Uh, and uh, during break, his wife uh, came out and brought uh, us something to drink. She brought me you know, a cup of something, and she brought him a two-liter of soda, like a whole two-liter. Uh, and that was, his, that was what he did. He drank the whole two-liter of soda for a break. Well, you know, that, that's probably excess, amen? Now, and, and he told me by his own uh, confession that he would drink uh, several, four or five, two liters of soda a day. Well, that's a lot, amen? And, you know, sometimes the Lord will say, hey, you need to stop drinking two, uh, five, two liters of soda a day. Uh, and so uh, that just sounds kind of excessive to me, amen? So there are times that the Lord may tell you specifically, hey, you need to adjust this thing in your life. Uh, don't be under condemnation about it if, if that's what the Lord says. You remember the Lord told, uh, uh, told Isaiah the prophet to go and take a fig and to apply it to Hezekiah the king's uh, sore on his leg, uh, and, and that would provide the cure. So in that case, the Lord gave a supernatural wisdom to the prophet to do a natural thing to cause a healing to occur. Uh, to occur. And so uh, very often the Lord will tell you specifically, hey, you need to do this. He may tell you to get up and walk. He may tell you to stop eating this. He may tell you to get some more rest. Uh, one time the Lord told uh, Dr. Dufresne to get more rest. And of course, uh, Dr. Ed Dufresne, when he was with us, he was one of these just uh, type A personalities driven to work all the time. He would work in the church. He'd work outside the church. He was doing stuff all the time. And he didn't do that. He didn't do what the Lord instructed him to do. Uh, and one time he had, a, um, he had some kind of a uh, of a problem with his jaw that he had asked uh, his dentist about, and the dentist said, "Well, I've got a, I've got a, um, a specialist that you need to go see, and he'll tell you more about that." He said, "I, I suspect maybe what it is, but um, uh, but the the, the um, specialist will tell you for sure." So he went and got checked out, and the specialist said, "Well, bring your wife next time after we look at the results, and, and we'll discuss it." And so they went there, and he said, "You need to go home and plan to die because you have some terminal uh, thing here." that is going to cause you to, uh, uh, to die. There's nothing we can do about it. And so he went out. They had driven there separately. He went out to his car and talked to the Lord about it. Lord, what's up? And Lord said, well, I told you to rest. You decide not to rest. Well, so did the Lord punish him with sickness? No, the Lord didn't punish him with sickness. The Lord knew that his body needed rest, and he refused to do what the Lord told him to, what was necessary for his body uh, and opened himself up to the enemy uh, and... Um, uh, and then he was going to pay the price for his lack of action. Of, when the Lord prescribed him medication and he, uh, to rest, and he chose not to take the medication, you know how many people, uh, they get prescribed some from the doctor, and they go, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Uh, and I understand sometimes, you know, the doctors will tell you to do something that's, that's kind of contrary to common sense because they're afraid of, of whatever. And so, you know, you, you sometimes do have to use common sense, uh, listening to the doctor. But, but you shouldn't just act like you know more than the doctor. Uh, and so, uh, so he went to the Lord about it. I said, well, Lord, you know, what's the deal? And the Lord said, well, I told you to rest. I said, no, you didn't rest, and here we are. Now, I didn't put this on you, but, but you didn't do what I prescribed you to do. Uh, and so he said, well, is this the end? And the Lord's like, well, no, if you repent, you know, we'll just get things right back on track. And so he repented uh, for, for disobeying the Lord uh, and uh, got back on track. And, and whatever that thing was, it went away from, it, from his life. Amen. Uh, and so he went on without the, that difficulty in his life. So, you know, the Lord, the Lord does, you know, our bodies are not divine bodies, right? We have bodies that are, that are subject to uh, being left alone, right, without the divine, in, uh, without the divine uh, uh, interference of the Lord. Our bodies will, will, will um, go according to nature. Uh, and if you have, uh, if there is, is DNA that's messed up in your family, then your body, left alone to its own natural devices, will follow that DNA, good or bad. Uh, and, of course, the Lord can override that, and He does oftentimes override that. Uh, you know, in my family, my, my father died of heart disease. I will not die of heart disease, amen? Uh, I will die when it's time to die. Uh, and so, uh, because, first of all, I have a new father, and so I've got a new bloodline. Uh, but uh, I do believe God for that, and, and uh, not because of fear, but because I know that left to its natural devices, uh, my body will, will try to do that, amen? And so I stay ahead of that with, in faith, not in fear. Uh, and so, um, uh, and I believe God for, for a complete and total uh, healing in all, of my, uh, all areas of my, my body, amen? Uh, and so uh, the, the subject of healing is not 
a difficult subject, but the Lord instructed us many years ago to have this class because it's such a need in the body of Christ. Amen. The primary purpose of sickness and disease is to hinder the will of God. Uh, if you're sick or diseased, the, the great commission of the Lord Jesus told us in Mark 16 to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Uh, well, if you're sick and diseased, you don't even want to get out of bed, much less go into all the world, do you? Uh, and so if, if uh, sickness was the will of God, then that means that uh, his will to stay in bed sick versus to go into all the world and preach the gospel is in conflict. I want you to go everywhere, but I don't want you to go anywhere. Well, then which way is it, Lord? Is it, is it do you want us to go everywhere or do you want us to go nowhere? So uh, it, it should be pretty easy to understand that, that sickness is not the will of God, and yet great wars are fought in the church to try to, to say that healing sometimes is not the will of God. And even great men of God that uh, were great uh, well-known ministers, worldwide ministers in the uh, charismatic and Pentecostal churches have got up and declared that sometimes it's not God's will to heal you. And they never base it upon any scripture other than sometimes they'll mention other scripture there where Paul said that, uh, that uh, uh, Trophimus I have left sick at Mylita. Uh, and so because Paul stated that, therefore it must have been God's will for him to leave him sick. Well, it never says it's not God's will that he left them sick there. Uh, Paul's, Paul's moving forward. And if you're sick and can't go with Paul, Paul's not going to stop. He keeps on moving forward. So he doesn't say it was the will of God to remain and leave him sick. Uh, but, but you'll notice there, there's, uh, there's not one single example in either the Gospels or the book of Acts or even the epistles. Uh, uh, and, and maybe, maybe uh, Philippians chapter 2, but that's a, a bit of a stretch and we'll explain why in a minute. But there's, there's never a, a case in uh, the Gospels or the book of Acts where any of the... Any of the um, apostles or any of the uh, helpers of the church ever got prayed for to receive healing. They all got healing by their own faith. Uh, and so all the people that we see were fairly young in the Lord or uh, were developing faith as the preaching was, a, was occurring in their presence to obtain healing and then they got healed. But we never see any, any of the apostles ever got prayed for healing. Uh, and yet we see where Paul was bitten by a snake and he, and he shook it off, amen? Did he die of, of a snake bite? No. Why? Because he had faith to not die, amen? So we see where faith was used to avoid this, uh, but we never see where they had to go and get somebody to lay hands on them and pray for them. Uh, and so there's nothing wrong with having people lay hands and pray for you, but God's best and God's desire, and that's why we have this class, is that we all can grow and develop in our faith so that uh, we can obtain healing by faith in the Word of God alone, Amen. And so let's open up our Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 8. We'll, we'll get started there today. So we're continuing with um, uh, Lillian B. Yeoman's book uh, on um, uh, the, uh, His Healing Power. And uh, we're on the fourth book. Uh, and um, I don't know what chapter we're in on the fourth book, but we're somewhere in that fourth book. Let's see, we're chapter 5 of that fourth book there uh, of hers. And so uh, and uh, a few years ago, uh, the Lord just laid it on my heart that it'd be a good idea to pick up some of these books of faith that people have taught over the years that they wrote uh, sometimes many years ago uh, and go through them. And, and of course, just because they wrote them, we don't, we don't read it and believe everything they say just because they say it. Amen. There's been a few little cases, minor things where we've said, well, they say this, but this isn't biblical. Uh, and, and so, in fact, I think one thing that Dr. Yeoman said that the greatest thing you can do for your healing is to get plenty of rest. Well, that's not what the Bible, does the Bible say that? There's no Bible for that. She just made that up, right? Now, should you rest? Well, you should rest, amen? Uh, you should rest as your body tells you to rest. But Jesus would spend all night sometimes in prayer. Well, there's no way he could remain healthy doing that, right? I mean, so sometimes he'd fast. Remember, he fasted for 40 days in, in the wilderness. Well, you can't be healthy not eating, right? And so uh, it, there's, there's a lot of things Jesus did to violate the principles of, of well, you've got to use wisdom, brother. Well, you know, that's usually my observation of when people say that is a reason to not have faith. Uh, and so, uh, but most of, the, most of the time, you know, what she says and dictates are, are all good things. She was a, a, a medical doctor, and so sometimes, you know, she, she would lean towards that, that knowledge there. Now, I like reading about uh, how the body works, and I'm obviously not a medical doctor, uh, but, um, uh, but I never want to get to where I depend upon myself, amen? We talked a while back about how 
Uh, be careful to not trust in yourself. People oftentimes will say, well, you know, I'll live a long life on the earth. God wants me to live a long life on the earth. And as long as I get plenty of rest, eat well, and get some exercise, I'll live a long life. Well, then you just immediately said that as long as I trust in myself and not the word of God, I can live a long life. Uh, if your long life is dependent on what you do and not what you believe, then you're trusting in yourself. Amen. So just be careful. Nothing wrong with you getting exercise. I don't have any problem with that. You know, you, you should desire that because it, it, it does... Um, it, it does profit to some extent, but my trust in, in living a life of divine health is not in my exercise and not in my sleeping habits or my eating habits. It's only in the Word of God. And if I do that, see, then I always trust in the Lord because the Lord will say, you need to exercise more. Well, then I'm trusting in Him. If He says, eat this or don't eat that, then I'm trusting in Him. But, but if I think, well, Lord, I've got it from here. I'm going to eat, you know, collard greens and, you know, turnip greens and, you know, uh, whatever other grass and leaves that I can come up with and that's how I'm going to live a long life on the earth, then I'm trusting in myself. Uh, and, of course, people will then take it to an extreme and say, well, then I'll eat, you know, uh, uh, high-octane food every day. I'll, I'll drink six liters of, of uh, soda a day uh, because um, uh, it doesn't matter what you do. Well, then that's saying that the Lord can't inform you what to do. Then that means that you're saying that the Lord will never tell you what to do or not what to do. And, again, you're still trusting in yourself. Uh, if you're going to go to an extreme and eat what you want to, never sleep and never exercise, uh, and you say, then I don't have to do those things, you're still trusting in yourself. Uh, and so you trust in, in the Lord, amen? He will dictate to you what, what is reasonable for your particular body, amen? And, and you leave it at that. Uh, and then you don't take that, uh, because if the Lord tells you to get a certain amount of rest, then uh, is, that, is that book, chapter, and verse? No, there's no book, chapter, and verse for how much rest you should get, so you can't dictate to other people than what you should do. A lot of times people will be informed of the Lord that they need to get rest or they need to go to bed at a certain time or need to eat certain things. And, they, and then they will take that and preach that and say, well, then you need to do that. If the Lord told me to eat, eat a salad you know, for lunch every day, then that's what you need to do. Well, how do, I, how do I know that's what I should do? Just because you say that, there's no book, chapter, and verse for that. So we oftentimes will take, take a word of the Lord, which may be a valid word for me, and turn that into a law for you. Uh, and we get into trouble that oftentimes, amen? Uh, many times, I remember one person said, the Lord told me to get up at 5.30 every morning and pray. So you need to get up at 5.30 every morning and pray. I don't even have a 5.30 in my clock. You know, I just, I mean, there's no 5.30. It goes from like midnight to about like 7 a.m. Everything in between doesn't exist. And, and so, uh, uh, and for me, I sleep as much as, as I need to sleep. Sometimes I'll, I'll, sometimes I stay up all night long working, just studying the word and, and, uh, and doing different things. And I'll, I'll get up as Chris, I'll go to bed as Chris is going, getting up. Uh, uh, and I don't do that quite as much as I used to, but, um, uh, but sometimes, you know, that's just there. And so if it's there, I just, I just let it use me. Amen. So uh, here in Matthew chapter 8, Matthew chapter 8 is a great chapter because there are several stories of healing in this particular, in this particular chapter. And so I think we may have mentioned the beginning of it. We'll start here at the beginning of, of verse 1. And it says, when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if thou will, thou canst make me clean. Uh, and, and of course, this is where many times people use this same phrase. Lord, if it's your will, then heal me. Uh, and so, but who's the one saying that phrase? It's a leper, right? Is G, did Jesus say that phrase? To, if it's my will, then, then uh, be healed. Lord, if it's your will, heal so-and-so. Jesus didn't say, what did, in fact, what did Jesus say? He says, first he touched him in verse 3, and then he said, I will be thou clean. So if you, if you have to ask the question, Lord, is it your will to heal me, what is the response of Jesus? The response of Jesus is, I will, amen? So, uh, uh, and you can look at that from a standpoint of, uh, if you search the word of God, and there are, uh, there are 82 there are 82 stories of, of divine healing in the Word of God, starting from the book of Genesis all the way through the New Testament. Uh, and if you go to our website, uh, you can download that for free. It's a good resource to have. In fact, I was looking at it today because I, I go back at, you know, I mean, I compiled the, the resource, but uh, I, I go back and, and uh, review that resource on a regular basis if I'm looking for certain things. And, and we may get to where one of the things I was looking at today. Uh, we'll see, but... Um, uh, it's a good resource to have, which what you'll find, especially in the Gospels, if you look at every instance where somebody came to Jesus, uh, in all of those instances, uh, when they came to Jesus, how many of them left healed? All of them, right? So just by example, you can look at what's the will of God. 
He said, he told, he told us, uh, in fact, he, he tells us this in uh, the book of Hebrews, uh, that I came to do thy will, O God. So everything he, came, everything he did, he did as an expression of the will of the Father. So if he healed everybody that came to him, then what is he expressing? God's will. So if he's expressing God's will and everybody that came to him was healed, then what's, what's he telling us by example? It's God's will to heal every time. Any exceptions? Did he ever go, you know, you, I, I'm not, I'm not feeling it today. I just, it's, you know, for you, I just, you know, no, not today. Uh, you know, the closest he ever got is a Syrophoenician woman. And uh, that's not in, in Matthew chapter 8, that's in Matthew chapter 15. But did she uh, leave with healing for her daughter? She did, amen. And so, so just by example of what Jesus was showing, I'm showing you the God's will. Now, the, the, other, the other side of that coin is also interesting uh, did everybody that was, that was anywhere near the presence of Jesus uh, get healed? Well, we know the answer to that is no. John chapter 5, when Jesus went to the it says 1 in John chapter 5, when Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda, it says there was a great multitude there. In fact, uh, we'll, we'll turn over there and then we'll come back to Matthew chapter 8. So in, in John chapter 5, it says uh, in verse 1, after this there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there at Jerusalem by the sheep market, there was a pool which is called in a Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude. So how many folks? So it's not just a multitude, uh, which could be hundreds, it's a great multitude. So, so it implies that there could be as many thousands of people there, of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. So a great multitude that was there. And Jesus, uh, it, it came down, it says uh, in verse 5, and a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. 38 years, that's a long time, Amen. Uh, 38 years, and Jesus saw him lying, knew that he had been now a long time in that case. He saith unto him, Will thou be made whole? Uh, and um, we were watching this show, you know, where they, where they told this particular story. Uh, and, um, uh, and so the man says, Sir, I have no man. And, and it doesn't say this, but I've always said, That's not the question, right? The question was, Do you want to be made whole? And the man answered, I, don't, I, I have no man. Well, that wasn't the question. Jesus didn't come and say, hey, do you have anybody to help you in? Because I'll be glad to help you in into the water. That wasn't the question. The question was, do you want to be made whole? Uh, and they brought that out in that show, and, and we were watching. I said, yeah, that's the right question right there. That's the right statement. Uh, uh, and so, so uh, long story short, did this man get healed? He did, right? What did Jesus say in verse 8? Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. So this man was healed. Now, Jesus went to him. So this was a sovereign move of God, right? He, he, he found this man and this man uh, obtained healing. But how many did, did Jesus pass through to get to this one man? A great multitude. So everybody doesn't get healed just because they're breathing air. That's the point. Uh, but everybody that comes to Jesus, uh, especially in faith, leaves uh, healed. And that should tell us a little bit about why many people don't get healed, because a lot of people say, well, if it's the will of God, he will come to me. And that's what, uh, in fact, that's this whole point right here of this story is, if it's the will of God, I'll make it into the water first. Otherwise, only the first person gets into the, uh, into the water and gets healed. And so this is a sovereign act of God. Amen. And much of the church lives in this. They're hoping for uh, that an angel will come and stir up the waters near them so they can be the first one in. Uh, and their assumption is, if the waters are not stirred, then, then it's not God's will for them to be healed. Uh, and, and so they're pushing, they're pushing God's, uh, the, the healing power of God into the sovereignty of God, right? They're saying, I have no, I have no um, responsibility in believing God for healing. Uh, only, God has, has, uh, uh, only God has any kind of responsibility for my healing. Uh, and so they're waiting for Jesus to show up and find them. And yet everybody that came to Jesus, so if they came, they came to Jesus by their own choice, right? Nobody made him come. They came to Jesus. Everybody that came to Jesus by their own choice left healed. Uh, and only some of the people that waited around for Jesus to find them got healed because Jesus didn't find everybody. You remember in, in Acts chapter 3, the man that was laid at the gate beautiful, uh, he was there, he was laid at the gate beautiful daily at the temple. That was one of the gates of the temple. Well, well didn't Jesus go to the temple on a regular basis? He did. Why wasn't his man healed? He never cried out to Jesus. Remember the blind men, uh, multiple cases, blind men said, uh, uh, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on us. And they cried out to Jesus and he stopped and, and they received healing. 
This man never cried out to Jesus. Jesus walked right by him. He didn't say anything to Jesus. Hey, are you Jesus? Uh, uh, I'd, like, I'd like to be healed. He never, he never cried out to Jesus. And so uh, it's not that Jesus was uncaring, but Jesus would, would uh, he was required to be led by the Spirit of God. You mean the Spirit of God didn't want to heal him? That's not, that's not uh, you know, you can't make that statement because everybody that came to Jesus got healed. So by, by demonstration, it is the will of God to heal, but it's not the will of God for him to uh, ignore the faith of everybody. It's not the will of God for him to say, uh, you never have to have faith. Uh, and that's really the issue right there is uh, God is not required on his side to uh, provide for us uh, in every case without requiring our faith on our side. Um, every time we, we exercise faith on our side, uh, we receive the provisions that we have need of, but God is not obligated on his side to, to treat us in such a way that we never have to have faith. And that's the struggle sometimes that the church gets into is they think that, well, I want to live a life without faith. I just want God to bless me uh, as he sees fit. Uh, and, uh, and I never want to have to exercise faith. And so that, and that's a tough place to be. Uh, personally, I, I don't like that mentality because uh, I like the mentality of, uh, of a sure thing. I like the mentality of, well, Lord, you said I could be healed anytime I believe. So I'm going to figure out how to believe so I can be healed anytime I want to. As opposed to, well, I'm going to go find some water that gets stirred up. Maybe it gets stirred up today. Maybe not. Maybe I'll beat the guy in front of me. Maybe I won't. And so that's not a sure thing. I don't like things that are not a sure things. I like guaranteed I can obtain healing every single time without exception if I choose to believe. Well, that's a much better deal to me than just, just roll the dice and hope you, get, hope you roll a Yahtzee there, you know, in the first time. Uh, and so, uh, so here, uh, oftentimes, back in Matthew chapter 8 then, Oftentimes, we, we identify with the doctrine of the leper instead of identifying with the doctrine of the Lord Jesus. Uh, and, and yet, uh, I would much rather follow Jesus. I think he's a much surer bit than, than the, the leper. Uh, and so, uh, Dr. Yeoman's comment about this is, she said, the leper had incomplete faith. And so, uh, and, and, you know, so it's, it is kind of true because he said, the leper said, if you will, you can make me clean. So he had faith that God could do it. Amen? Because, you know, some people may be like, well, God can't do that. Well, then that's not any faith at all. So the man had some level of faith that he believed God could do it, but he didn't believe God would do it. Uh, and that's really, much of the church, that's where they're at. <clears throat> and that's why they say, Lord, if it be thy will. So they believe God can if he's willing to do it, but they're not sure he's willing to do it. And yet Jesus declares right there what his will is. I will be thou clean. Amen? Uh, and so then, then the next story, right after that, we start in verse 5, and it says, uh, and when Jesus entered uh, into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. Uh, <clears throat> and so uh, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh, and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. So Jesus called this man's great faith. Now, if you look at, if you look at Luke's version of this story, it shows that the centurion wasn't actually the one who came to him. Uh, and we, we don't have time to go into all the reasons for that. Uh, he'd, sent, uh, he'd sent a servant. And, and notice here that the man said um, <clears throat> uh, that he was uh, unworthy for him to come in. That's what uh, the Luke's version of that says, that he was unworthy uh, for, for Jesus to come and heal him. Uh, and so the, the thing about this particular story that I like is uh, what caused Jesus to say this man had great faith? Uh, and if you look at it, the reason why Jesus said this man had great faith is because the man understood how faith works. And so, it's, you know, sometimes people say, well, it's good to have just blind faith, just blind faith, just, you know, believe God. But the, this man didn't have blind faith. He understood how this thing operates. He understood that who's ever got the most authority wins in every case. Uh, and so, because apparently he'd either watched the ministry of Jesus or heard enough about the ministry of Jesus to understand how this worked. He said, clearly this is a ministry that operates by authority, that when Jesus walks in a, in a situation, 
He's got greater authority than the demonic powers or the sickness and disease. And because he has a great authority, he can just speak the word and that's sufficient. <clears throat> and the man understood this because he's a centurion. He was raised in a position of authority. And he said, and he said, he explains, I understand how this works because when I'm told what to do, I do it. I don't, I don't second guess it. I don't go, well, I'm not going to do that. Well, that sounds too hard. He, he just does it. And people that work for him, he's in authority. He tells them what to do. And his expectation is that they do without question whatever he tells them to do because he's an authority. And so this man understood this and he observed that uh, spiritually speaking, Jesus operates in the same exact authority that he operates in. He did, makes a declaration and it's completed. It's carried out, whether it says to, to come out of them or to be healed or to rebuke a fever, uh, whatever the particular authority is, uh, this man understands, okay, I, I, I'm observing Jesus and I understand how this works. And so that tells me that this is really easy. Uh, all I have to understand and observe does Jesus demonstrate the highest authority in every situation? <clears throat> and from his observation, he said, yes, he does. And he understood who's ever got the highest authority, then he gets to call the shots. And because of this man's understanding, Jesus called his understanding of faith great faith. Uh, and so it's helpful for us to understand, that, uh, you know, if you understand that Jesus is the greatest authority and, he, and he's granted us use of his name as a church, then we have access to that name. And so we now carry the greatest authority in the earth. Amen. Uh, and so uh, if we understand these things, see, Jesus calls that great faith. Uh, and a lot of times we the well, it would just, uh, if you ask a Christian, why is it that you believe that you can use the name of Jesus or lay hands on a sick and they recover? And many times it's, it may be just simple as, well, that's just what, just doing what we're told. <clears throat> well, that's okay. But, but if you can understand that when I lay hands on people, in the name of Jesus, then I'm executing, executing a greater authority over that person's life than that sickness and disease has in their life. Uh, when in, in, my, in my own life, when I declare that I'm free from sickness and disease, I'm exer exercising an authority that's greater than the authority of the sickness and disease. And so therefore, the sickness and disease must yield. And that's what the, that's what the centurion was, was understanding, that who's, who's ever dictating the authority that the person receiving that dictate has to yield and do whatever that authority tells them to do. And this man had this understanding. And Jesus said, I haven't seen this great of faith in all of Israel. And this man wasn't even a covenant member of the house of God. He, he didn't grow up in, 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 in the Jewish synagogues. He didn't grow up in, in being taught the laws of God. He just observed how Jesus operated. And he goes, well, that makes perfect sense to me. Uh, and, you know, for me personally, just reading the word of God, you know, the word of God makes perfect sense to me. You know, I don't know everything clearly, but uh, it, it, it just everything fits. Jesus is in control. Whatever Jesus wants to do, then that's what he gets to do as, as long as we choose to believe that. Uh, and so the Lord said that uh, this man's faith uh, <clears throat> was, uh, was great. And then he comes down in verse 13 and he says, Go thy way as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the same, self, same hour. And that's an interesting statement. Go thy way as you have believed, so, it be, done, so be it done unto thee. And, and uh, if you go to that same resource, you know, one, I, that's one thing I was doing just today was uh, I was thinking about it. Well, that makes, uh, looks like a good thing to do is just I compiled. I went through all the stories of healing. And I just put the, the list of stories where the person's faith was declared to be the reason why they received healing. So a lot of times people say, well, well, Lord, if it's your will, then heal me. And my faith hasn't got anything to do with it. If you want to heal me, then heal me. If you don't, well, then there's nothing I can do about it. But Jesus didn't say, you know, uh, I want to heal you because you're a great person. Jesus said, because you believed, then you get healing. Uh, it, it didn't have anything to do with, with, with the Lord on his side. It was everything to do with the centurion and his healing. And so, of course, that, that's the story there. And I'm just going to quickly just mention these, uh, these verses. You can write them down and, and uh, go back and re review them uh, at, uh, at your convenience there. Uh, but uh, uh, for Jairus in Mark uh, 5.36, Jesus said, As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. So he told him to only believe. Uh, and, and that's the weakest case here that we have. These other ones are even stronger than that. In Luke 8.50, uh, he also, the same thing, uh, to fear not, believe only, uh, talking about J.R.S.'s daughter there, in the woman with the issue of blood, in Matthew 9, 22, 
It says, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. So again, it was her faith that made her whole. Uh, in the same, uh, the story was mentioned three different times uh, in the Gospels. And every time it says, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. The second case was Mark 5.34. The third case was Luke 8.48. <clears throat> uh, in all those cases, thy faith has made thee whole. The two blind men uh, mentioned in uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 29 and 30, says, Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done unto you. So their faith is what caused it to happen, and their eyes were opened immediately. And Jesus straightway charged them, saying, See, see that no man knoweth. The Syrophoenician woman that we mentioned earlier, Matthew uh, 5, 28, it says, O woman, great is thy faith. So this is two times when Jesus mentions somebody's great faith, right? And yet neither one of them were Israelites. Uh, uh, both of them were people of the, of the Gentile race. <clears throat> and said, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. In uh, the same story from Mark 7, 29, uh, he said, For this saying, go thy way. The devil has gone out of thy daughter. Uh, blind Bartimaeus in Mark uh, 10, 51 and 52. Jesus answered and said unto him, uh, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Now, I always think it's an interesting story. Jesus talked to a blind man. What do you want me to do for you? Well, what do you think he wants them to do for him? Uh, you know, you want a cheeseburger? I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of a Captain Obvious question. But yet Jesus oftentimes would ask people an obvious question because he wanted to see where their faith was. You know, if, if, the, if the blind man had said, well, just give the doctors, uh, you know, uh, wisdom to know what prescription eye, uh, eyeglasses to get for me, well, then that's where Jesus would have done for him. That would have been his faith, amen? Wherever his faith was, you know, then that's what Jesus would have done. So Jesus wanted him to declare what his faith was. And Jesus said unto him in verse 52, Go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. Your faith has made you whole. So what, are you believing for big things or are you believing for small things? Uh, so you may believe, believe for small things and still get them, amen? Because he said, according to your faith. So what is your faith? Well, my faith is just one eye to be made well. Well, then that's then according to your faith, then one eye be well. Uh, and that's fine. I mean, if that's where your faith is at. And, and you know, the Lord, will always, the Lord will always respond to us at the level of faith that we have. And so if, uh, and I don't have a problem with it. You know, if, if uh, sometimes people's faith is, well, I want the doctors to have wisdom and to, to do the surgery well. Okay, fine. I, I believe God for that. You know, that everything go well, that you have the surgery and recover well after that. That's fine. According to your faith. Amen. Uh, and uh, remember the, the 10 lepers from Luke 17, 19? One of them came back and worshiped the Lord, and the Lord said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. <clears throat> uh, and so it was his faith that made him whole. It wasn't, wasn't uh, the sovereign will of God, it was his faith. The blind man at Jericho, uh, in, from Luke 18, uh, verse 42 and 43, uh, Jesus said, Receive thy faith, thy faith has saved thee, or made thee whole, right? Oftentimes it was translated as made thee whole or healed thee. And immediately he received the sight and followed him, glorifying God. Uh, and then the last case was from uh, Acts 14, verses 9 and 10. Uh, the man at, at Lystra, uh, it says, The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand upright on thy feet, and he leaped and walked. And so in that case, in Acts 14, uh, verses 9 and 10, you can see from the, from the context there that the man's faith to get healed was being developed as Paul was preaching. So Paul must have been preaching a, a story about uh, healing, about the healing power of God, because that's where his faith was increasing towards, was for, uh, for healing for his body. And as a result of that, Paul perceived that, that he got it. In the middle of his sermon, Paul perceived he, this man got it. And so he, he declared unto him, stand up right on thy feet. Uh, and so all Paul was doing was, was, was giving uh, action to his faith. Uh, and so... So that, that's the centurion, and he had, he had great faith, amen? Uh, and, and so the two times that Jesus marveled at somebody's great faith were uh, people who, who understood how authority works, who understood how all of us works, amen? In, in, uh, it, in Matthew 15, about the Syrophoenician woman, she had great understanding because Jesus said, it's not meat to give uh, the child, children's bread to the dogs. And she said, yea, Lord, uh, but even the dogs eat the crumbs from the children's table. So she knew she just needed a little bit of healing to, uh, to help her daughter. And Jesus said, you have great faith because you understand it doesn't take much faith. It takes just a little bit of faith to obtain healing, the faith of a grain of mustard seed. And she didn't use the faith of a grain of mustard seed. She used the faith of a crumb. 
uh, from the children's table was enough to obtain healing for her daughter. And Jesus said, that's great faith. When you understand it only takes a little bit of faith to execute what you have need of, then that's great faith. You know, a lot of people say, Lord, you know, I want great faith. And when they say great faith, they think a, a huge amount of faith, like buckets and buckets of faith. But that's not what Jesus says there. It really just takes a little bit of faith and use what you've got. Amen. Use that little bit of faith to execute everything that you have need of. Uh, and so uh, the next story also in Matthew chapter 8, then is uh, starting in verse 14. And it says, And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her. Uh, and, and it says, uh, And she arose and ministered unto the him. In Luke's version of that story, it says, He arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. That's in Luke 4.38. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, and they besought him for her. In fact, I think it would be good just to turn over and look at Luke's uh, version of that. Uh, compared to uh, Matthew's version of that. So Luke 4.38, uh, it says, um, so in Matthew's version of that, it says uh, that he, uh, he touched her hand and the fever left her. But Luke gives us a little bit more insight in Luke 4.39. It says, he stood over her and rebuked the fever, <clears throat> and it left her. And immediately she rose and ministered unto them. So uh, Luke gives us a little bit more insight here. Number one, he calls it a great fever. So, you know, people back in that day would die of a great fever, right? They had no, no medication to uh, relieve them of the fever. And, and, uh, and so oftentimes that would cause them to not, not survive the, uh, the sickness, whatever was causing the fever. Uh, and so now in this case, there's no faith of the, of the, of the mother-in-law here because it says, and they besought him for her on her behalf. So it's good to have people of faith around you, amen? Uh, uh, and so <clears throat> it says he stood over her and he rebuked the fever. I always thought that's an interesting, uh, an interesting method of, of healing that Jesus used here. And one of the things we've got to be careful of is we should never use any of the situations that Jesus uh, showed us by example and, and turn it into a law. So uh, if, if someone has a fever, should you always go and, and rebuke the fever? No, that's turning it into a law because that's what worked in that particular case, right? So how many different blind people were healed by the ministry of Jesus? Several, right? But, but uh, the blind Bartimaeus and, and the, the blind men at Jericho just said, uh, have mercy on us and we want healing. And he said, okay, according to your faith. One, one time uh, he laid hands on somebody twice uh, and they received healing. One time he spit on, spit and made mud uh, uh, and, uh, and applied it to their eyes. We had many, many different ways of, uh, of, uh, of ministering healing to the blind people. Uh, and so you can't turn any of these things into law. But it's interesting that Jesus rebuked the fever. So he spoke to the sickness and he, and he rebuked it, right? He, uh, and so, uh, so that tells us that sometimes by the direction of the Holy Ghost, you need to speak to the sickness and disease itself. Amen. Did Jesus speak to it? And people have said, well, you know, you can't do that because sickness doesn't have ears. How can it hear? Well, I mean, that doesn't make any sense because Jesus said, speak to the mountain, right? He said sometimes he speak to the tree, sycamine tree, right? Sometimes he spoke to the winds and, and waves. He rebuked the winds and the waves. Uh, so there were many times when Jesus spoke to natural things. And these natural things, whether they, they were uh, <clears throat> sickness and disease or just natural weather phenomenon, or even just natural things like trees and, and mountains, Jesus spoke to these things, and they responded to, to declarations of faith. And so anything in the natural realm has the ability to, to hear declarations of faith. How do they hear it? I don't know. Does, does, is there little fever ears that they're listening? You know, I, I don't think so. But uh, they do have the ability to, to hear faith. Uh, and, and it makes sense because everything in the natural realm was created by God. Now, God didn't create fever. But fever is just a, a, uh, you know, a result of something else that's been twisted from God's design. Amen. All sickness and disease, uh, whether they're viruses or germs, are, are twisted uh, things that, that were converted uh, and um, uh, transformed from things that God created. So God didn't create the sickness and disease, but uh, he did create single-cell organisms and a lot of things. And so uh, over time, sin has twisted these things. Uh, to be a detriment to humanity. Uh, and so everything in the natural realm has the ability to hear faith. Uh, and, and that's really, you just leave it at that, right? You don't, 
we don't super spiritualize it. We don't turn it into some mystic thing or, you know, Mother Earth and, you know, the, the, all, all those things. That, that's all mysticism. <clears throat> we leave all that alone. Amen. Uh, but if it's a thing, it has the ability to hear faith. And so uh, whether it's sickness and disease. And so you need to know in your particular case how you should handle that sickness and disease. Should you rebuke it? Sometimes he rebuked it. Sometimes, sometimes he didn't do anything. He said, according to your faith, be it done unto you. Just faith alone, nothing else. There was no commandment. Just faith alone got the, word, got the job done. Sometimes he rebuked the sickness and disease. Sometimes he laid hands on them. Sometimes uh, he, you know, like you said, he spit and, and turned it into mud and put it on them. So there's many in a variety of ways that Jesus, even Jesus himself, ministered healing. Uh, so don't turn it into a law. If you're not obtaining healing immediately, I would go to the Lord and say, Lord, is there something special I need to do? Do I need to speak, to speak to the sickness and disease? Do I need to have hands laid on me for the sickness and disease? Do I need to have anointing oil? Sometimes he, he told the, the, uh, the disciples to go and anoint with oil. Uh, he never did anoint with oil, but, but he did tell the disciples to go anoint with oil. Uh, and so uh, sometimes, like with Paul, they sent prayer cloths. <clears throat> uh, so do you need a prayer cloth? You know, so... You know, to me, it doesn't matter. The mechanism is used to obtain healing. Matter to me is just, did I receive healing? Right. Uh, and some people, well, I just can do it by faith alone. Well, that, that's great, except maybe, maybe this thing needs to be rebuked. Maybe it's a demonic presence. Maybe sometimes there was a demonic presence, uh, and Jesus would cast the devil out of somebody, and that resulted in healing. But you remember in, in uh, turn back over to, uh, to Acts 19, where Paul talks about Paul and, and his uh, special miracles, it says in verse 11, and God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul so that from his body were brought under the sick handkerchiefs or aprons. So from his body. So he touched these, these prayer cloths. Remember uh, uh, twice in the, in the Gospels, uh, both the woman with the issue of blood and then the multitude wanted to touch the hem of Jesus. So that's what? That's cloth that had touched his body. Uh, uh, and so they sent the, the sick handkerchiefs or aprons and diseases parted from them and evil spirits went out of them. So the sickness and disease was caused by evil spirits and yet there was no uh, casting out of devils specifically, right there. And so, uh, and we'll see, we can even see in the gospels where even if there was a demonic presence, Jesus didn't always cast the devil out. Sometimes he just commanded healing to occur and that pushed the devil out by him doing that. So, so the, the rule that you've got to understand is there is no rule. Uh, there, there, is no, there is no law in obtaining healing. The easiest way to do this is just ask the Lord. Lord, is there something special I need to do? And if he doesn't tell you there's something special to do, then just general faith should work. Amen? Just, well, Lord, I believe that I'm healed then. But sometimes he may tell you, you need to do this. Or, uh, you know, lay hands. Sometimes he's even told people to lay hands on themselves. Lay hands on yourself. He just lay hands on a sick. Well, I'm sick. If, I, if I'm sick, I can lay hands on myself. He didn't say only lay hands on other people. So may, you, may need to, uh, you may need to lay hands on yourself for that. He may tell you to do a natural thing. Uh, well, why is that? I don't know. You know you, all, all I do have to do is just do what I'm told. Amen. Uh, and so you shouldn't ever get under condemnation if he tells you take the medication and you'll be fine at the end of the, at the, end of the prescription. Well, then I would do that, amen, if he tells you to, do the, to take the medication. Well, you know, I should be able to get it by faith alone. Well, isn't that faith? If the Lord tells you to do something supernaturally, he tells you to, to, through a supernatural method by speaking to you supernaturally, and even though it's a natural thing you're doing, it's still supernatural because he told you to do it. <clears throat> to me, it, the only goal is to be free from sickness and disease. I don't care how I obtain it. I don't, you know, uh, my goal is always to obtain it uh, supernaturally, but... But that may still result in, a, in the Lord telling me to do something naturally. If you get a little bit more rest, then you'll be fine. Okay, well, then, then the sickness was caused by me not resting enough, right? Uh, and so, uh, so just do what the Lord tells you to do. And if he tells you to do something natural, then, then be diligent to do that natural thing. Amen? Uh, and so, so the, the, uh, the story there with, with uh, Peter's mother-in-law, uh, I, I like uh, Luke's version of that better because it informs me a little bit more it gives me a little bit more information that sometimes i can speak to the sickness disease to the sickness directly and rebuke it right i rebuke you in the name of jesus now we always add the name of jesus because that's where our authority resides with jesus his authority resided in him as the prophet of god 
on the earth. But, uh, but we don't stand in that office. Jesus did. So he handed us the use of his name. So now we can stand in essentially in the same authority that he, was stand, he stood in on the earth by the use of his name. And so if I rebuke the fever, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I don't, I don't have any inherent authority to do it, but I can do it by the name of Jesus. So I can lay hands on, uh, on people in the name of Jesus in my name, right? He, he said in Mark 16, in my name, they shall cast out devils. And in my name, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So uh, we have access to that great name uh, that then t- that, uh, gives us the authority to do it. But the method of, of exercising that authority should come primarily by the direction of the Lord. And, and if there's no specific direction of the Lord, then we can fall back to, well, then you can lay hands on the sick and then recover. Amen? And, and so if the Lord doesn't give you any specific instructions for that case, uh, but, but um, and I, well, I was going to say, sure, the thing, and I declare my healing. And uh, then if that, doesn't, if that doesn't obtain the healing, see, then I'll go to the next word instructs is I rebuke the fever or the thing and I declare my healing. And uh, then if that, doesn't, if that doesn't obtain the healing, see, then I'll go to the next step and go, well, Lord, is there more information that I need to know here? Amen. Uh, but I don't do that in doubt and unbelief. I do that from the standpoint of maybe there's more information that, that I didn't know here that was important to know. And sometimes it may be helpful to do that even prior to doing anything for your, for your sickness and disease. Uh, number one, it's just be led by the Spirit of God. Uh, you can always obtain healing, uh, but if you, if you follow the, the will of God by the Spirit of God, He will instruct you either to stand on a particular verse for faith or execute uh, healing according to this uh, same example that we see in the Word of God by laying hands on the sick or rebuking something or casting out the devil. He may give you the specifics of, of what to do in, in that case. And so then do that, amen, uh, and, and be okay with whatever the Lord tells you to do, amen, because in every case we can obtain healing. Uh, and so she's got some more things to look at there. Uh, we're about out of time today, but we'll pick this up and finish up uh, here in Matthew chapter 8, and then we'll finish up this particular chapter and answer some questions there. But, uh, but I, uh, Matthew chapter 8 is really a great chapter because we, we've got uh, four different cases of healing here that we can look at and learn things from each of these cases um, and be informed in our faith about how these things work. And, and of course, my personal favorite one is uh, the, the, uh, the centurion because Jesus said this man has great faith because he understands how authority works. And if you understand how authority works, see, then, then obtaining healing and, and operating by faith is not difficult. <clears throat> if, you, if you appreciate, can understand that, well, as a Christian, I'm the highest authority on the earth. Jesus isn't on the earth anymore. Jesus is in heaven. And he gave us his name on the earth. So then he assigned the authority of the earth to his name. And we are the ones who carry that name. So the church is the highest authority on the earth. Higher than every government. Higher than every sickness and disease. Higher than every cloud, every, every storm, every wind, every wave. We are the highest authority in the earth. And, and whatever we declare is to be done as long as we declare that by the will of God. Uh, and so, uh, so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for your word. <clears throat> Father, we thank you that uh, you have given us your great name to execute authority in the earth. And, Father, we thank you that living by that authority, living by that name, Father, we can obtain all the blessings of heaven that we have need of. If we need to rebuke sickness, Father, then we do that in the name of Jesus. If we need to just simply declare healing, we do that in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, many times you said that thy faith has made thee whole. So, Father, faith alone is what's always necessary. And how we operate that faith then is uh, instructed to us by your word and through your spirit. <clears throat> so we thank you for that, Father. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, all right. Praise God. Well, we expect to see all 10,000 of our podcast members here next Sunday, right? It'd be good to have everybody here. And uh, we can stack you up lengthwise if we have to. And... and um, uh, but we've got hundreds of them from like France and Europe and places like that. So most important thing is listen, right? Uh, I mean, you can subscribe, but it's more important to listen than just to subscribe. Amen. Uh, and so praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. And, and um, so next month, May, it was, it's, it's just like three weeks away, right? May the 7th, we'll have uh, uh, Reverend Larry Hutton here from Georgia. And he'll be doing the Sunday morning service and healing school. And uh, uh, did we ever ask him if he did any healing school uh, classes for Brother Hagen? I don't know if we ever asked him or not. Uh, come ahead, Mr. Jared, receive the offering. 
I know a lot of the ministers traveled. They would oftentimes do healing school. Brother Hagen had a healing school as well, and his was every day, right? Every day um, uh, in Tulsa, and so oftentimes uh, ministers would. Uh, the, uh, Brother Hagen would have these ministers uh, run healing school, uh, and they would, of course, they would sing and they would they would uh, um, uh, do healing school and pray for the sick as necessary, and uh, and so oftentimes they would wait for a period of time to pray for the sick until they've uh, had attended so many healing classes. And I know, uh, I'm not sure if it was Amy something McPherson, one of the, one of the great uh, ministers of old, uh, if you went to her crusades, you had to get a card and you had to have so many check marks on your card that you've attended so many services before they even let you in the healing line. <clears throat> uh, and the thoughts were they would do that so that uh, you could get your faith built up before you, you went down to get healing, amen? Because even if you go to the healing line, you should always have faith, uh, amen? You shouldn't go, well, let's just see what happens. Well, that's not any faith at all, amen? You should always go for the expectation of faith that I'm going to get everything that I have need of as soon as they lay hands on me, amen? Well, praise God. It's uh, good to see you all today. And um, I know we've had a few folks out uh, this morning in, in healing school, but we're here, amen? Uh, and so be blessed. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next Sunday.